This is a Tech Briefs Media Group podcast. Welcome to another Who's Who at NASA podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Michelle Monk, an engineer at Langley Research Center. Most recently, back at Langley Research Center, Michelle has led and reviewed numerous technology development planning and human architecture efforts. She was a subsystem lead and the deputy project manager for the Mars Science Laboratory Entry, Descent, and Landing Instrumentation, or MEDLEY. Michelle, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Michelle, uh, just to set the stage here first, can you tell us uh, what is MEDLEY? Uh, MEDLEY, as you said, the the long title there is uh, an instrumentation system that uh, was uh, put on the heat shield of the Mars Science Laboratory. So it measured the pressure and the temperature of the the front face of the vehicle as it flew um, through the Martian atmosphere to land Curiosity on the surface. And you mentioned uh, thermal protection. Uh, how are, how were you able to determine the appropriate amount? of thermal protection as the uh, spacecraft landed? So um, that's part of the vehicle design and um, that's determined by the the type of thermal protection system material is determined by the peak heating that we'll see as we fly through the atmosphere and then the thickness of the material is determined by how long our heat pulse is as we fly. So. Um, Mars Science Laboratory um, had a PICA heat shield, which is phenolic impregnated carbon ablator um, that was first flown on the Stardust uh, sample return capsule, um, but on MSL it was in a tiled form. It's the first time it ever flew that way, and um, it performed great. And Medley had um, thermocouples at depth within the thermal protection system, so we were able to see how the temperature rose in depth in the material during entry. How do you prepare for uh, the landing on Mars? How do you minimize risk given the unpredictability of the environment? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, We minimize risk in many ways all along the design process. Uh, Each of the subsystems you know, are given uh, mass budgets and and risk postures, and so those are balanced throughout the life cycle. But uh, one way we want to reduce the risk of future missions is to better understand uh, where our margins are in the vehicle. So um, if we don't instrument our entry systems, you know, we've been very successful in landing missions on Mars, but if we don't instrument, we know that they passed, so it's like a pass-fail. So with Medley and hopefully other missions to follow, instrumenting the heat shield gives us information back about how well we did. So instead of a pass-fail, we know we got if we got an A, B, C, or D. Yeah, and uh, can you give me more of an idea of what kinds of data the uh, Medley sensors are finding and, and um, how you're able to analyze the, the Mars environment uh, that you're flying through? Um, Medley had seven pressure... Uh, transducers and those read the pressure um, through a tenth inch hole um, in the heat shield, actually through the thermal protection system material, and we did a lot of testing um, on the ground to make sure that putting that small hole in the thermal protection system would not do any harm to the vehicle. And then we had seven, uh, we call them plugs, they're actually pieces of pica that are kind of cored out and um, we put the thermocouples at depth, um, four different depths for each one, 
and uh, we had a char sensor as well that uh, sensed how the uh, thermal protection material was getting burned and to what depth as we went through the atmosphere. So um, 14 locations of sensors and we actually, you know, the, the data we got back from Medley was less than a megabyte. So today's standards, it wasn't really a lot of data, but it was, um, you know, orders of magnitude over what we've had um, since Viking. Viking was the last instrumented aeroshell we, we flew to Mars um, in this instrumented in a way that's very useful to us. A couple of the other missions have had um, instrumentation, uh, but it, it's been at the bond line between the thermal protection system and the aeroshell, which we never want to see get hot. So it's not really all that useful in helping you improve your design. And so you asked about the Martian atmosphere. A um, couple of things. One is uh, we could, from our thermal measurements, uh, better refine our, our predictions of how hot the vehicle would get. And so that's a function of many things, the vehicle speed, the shape, the density, and constituents in the atmosphere. And then we also, by measuring the pressure, we were able to separate out the aerodynamics of the vehicle from the atmospheric density. And so it gave us an independent measure of the atmospheric density as we were flying through that profile. And we were able to um, then compare that to the atmospheric models that were used and see if those models are you know, in the ballpark of what we actually saw. And they were. They bounded um, our trajectory quite nicely. So we know that those are good models for the future. What would you say were the, was the biggest challenge for you when you're designing and testing this uh, Mars landing technology? <laughs> so Medley uh, was a huge challenge because we had never instrumented an ablating heat shield. So ablating means that the, the thermal protection system material is designed to burn away, and we didn't know if that was going to corrupt the pressure measurements or block the holes or if we'd have problems. So again, the ground testing was key to convincing ourselves that we would both do no harm to the vehicle and we would get a good measurement. Um, the other challenge was that we were mounted to the inside of the aeroshell, which um, faces toward deep space for the nine-month cruise out to Mars and then heats up in a hurry when we enter the atmosphere. So um, those two extreme environments uh, really um, challenged, you know, uh, the amount of testing we had to do and actually the configuration and the technology that we used for the instruments. We had to pull the electronics out of the pressure transducers and, and build a um, uh, custom electronics box, which we had to place cleverly um, in a warm area of the aeroshell because the transducers themselves got way too cold um, for the electronics to survive on the way out. So those were just some of the things um, that we had to deal with. Can you take us through the day that Curiosity descended on Mars and, and what that was like, uh, what you were feeling, and kind of take us through that? So that, that night was really incredible. Um, it was the night of August uh, 6th, actually the night of August 5th, 2012. Um, it was 10 p.m. entry, 10.30 p.m. on the West Coast. And that's where Mission Control, of course, was at Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And most of our team was out there. We had actually a couple um, medley engineers who were 
receiving uh, data as it came down to earth and were able to do really up-to-the-minute assessments of uh, whether Medley was performing, um, along with all the other folks in the room who were looking at, you know, the Mars Science Laboratory as a whole. So it was all one big team. I was actually um, here in Virginia at the Virginia Air and Space Center, and um, I was emceeing the entry um, for an auditorium of about 300 people mm -hmm. um, in the middle of the night as uh, as we waited. So it was really exciting, and um, they call it the seven minutes of terror because, uh, you know, the entry takes about seven minutes, and it's just harrowing the whole way. But um, <clears throat> since uh, since for the past several years, there's been a requirement for the vehicle to send back um, information as it goes through each step of the entry. Um, just kind of a, a ping that says, I'm okay, I've passed this point. So as those were being received on the earth, um, it was really exciting and I felt like the seven minutes, I thought it was going to last a long time, but it went really fast mm -hmm. because, you know, before I knew it, um, you know, they said medley thermal, which meant that we were starting to feel heat, which was really exciting for me because one, you know, we were actually entering and two, they used medley to help tell them that. And then um, before I knew it, the parachute was out and, you know, the heat shield was ejected and my hardware was then trash on the Martian surface. So uh -huh. <laughs> it went really fast and we were all just really astonished and happy that it had gone so well and uh, that we got that first image back from Curiosity just a few seconds after we had sensed the landing. And of course all this had happened about seven or eight minutes earlier and we were just uh, receiving the information on Earth then. Now did it all uh, go according to plan? Were there any surprises that night? Um, not from the medley perspective really. Um, there were uh, I would say it all went really flawlessly. Um, the There were a couple things that went better than planned. I think we had more fuel left over in uh, the descent stage um, that lowered um, and, uh, curiosity to the surface than we had expected. And so, you know, these data came back in the days following, um, as did our full set of medley data after curiosity got safely on the surface. Um, she sent back the, the full set of our data, and our team worked for a few months afterwards to uh, really understand uh, the trajectory that we followed and then uh, fully analyze the data and publish lots of papers um, with our results. But I think everything went, you know, extremely well. Now, uh, we, you sort of mentioned this uh, early on. What did you learn from the landing that will help you uh, design future spacecraft? So um, our medley thermal and our pressure told us kind of two different classes of things. Um, on the thermal side, we saw that, um, well, let me start with the aerodynamics. On the aerodynamic side, we saw that our predictions, our computational fluid dynamics tools predicted our aerodynamics very, very well, um, especially in the high speed regime. Um, in the lower speed regime around parachute deploy, um, we'd like to understand the aerodynamics better um, because the back part of the vehicle becomes more important then, and that's not somewhere we have good prediction capability. Um, and so our our sensors were not calibrated in that 
flight regime for Medley. So we're hoping to um, improve that in the future by calibrating them a little bit differently. But we we definitely verified that our aerodynamic predictions were right on for MSL. Um, in the thermal area, we saw it, that this was a very complex heating environment um, that was expected because MSL was the biggest vehicle we've ever sent. Um, and so that gives you some flow field characteristics that you don't usually see on smaller vehicles like uh, MER or Phoenix. And so, um, and it was a guided trajectory. So this was the first time we had actively guided through um, the atmosphere. So that um, made things a lot more calm, I think, in some uh -huh. respects, because um, we had some control and we were able to fly out any errors that we had in our um, trajectory. So the thermal, um, we expected the flow to go turbulent, and it did. Um, it happened at a little bit different time than we predicted, and um, the heating uh, was not quite as uh, high as we predicted. Um, on the other hand, in the stagnation region of the vehicle, um, we underpredicted what the heating was, and so we've had, luckily, some other efforts through the Space Technology Mission Directorate to do some ground testing and fully understand better um, what, uh, why we underpredicted or overpredicted. So those studies are continuing, but we are, um, our results are influencing the insight. Um, design and margin policy. Uh, we also found that um, the PICA thermal protection system did not uh, recede or burn away as much as we expected from our science laboratory, but um, the next mission, Mars 2020, will be a build to print of uh, MSL, so we do not expect to change the heat shield uh, thickness based on our data, but we know now um, how much margin we have built in. And what are you working on currently? Um, I'm currently the Entry, Descent, and Landing Principal Investigator for the Space Technology Mission Directorate, which means that um, I look across all of the nine programs within space technology and the EDL investments that we're making and uh, try to, uh, you know, put together a strategy and um, influence the uh, upcoming solicitations and content that we invest in so that we have a cohesive program um, from low TRL um, up through middle and high TRL um, technology readiness level, um, all the way to flight demonstration and mission infusion. So um, it's a big job, but it's we're doing really well, I think. We're making a lot of investments in entry, descent, and landing technologies, and um, we're, we're moving forward uh, quite nicely. And finally, Michelle, what is uh, your favorite part of the job, would you say? Um, my favorite part, well, Medley was just, you know, fantastic because it was a small project that um, it was small enough that you could get your hands around it. You weren't on a huge program. It was a small team um, at Langley and Ames working together with JPL and Lockheed. Um, and you actually got to see something fly, and there's nothing to compare to that. That is, you know, the <laughs> that's the ultimate in the career, I think. Um, but I also enjoy the technology development because we're always doing new things and um, just seeing connections between uh, the capabilities that we have, both in, uh, in our vendors and 
on the NASA side of the house and what we can do and how we can make missions better is, is really fascinating and fun. Well, Michelle, we at NASA Tech Briefs want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you.